Hello and welcome to Beyond the Bio. In this episode, I'm joined by Martin and Lindsay, who wrote their book together. Really, really interesting chat with these two to hear about the dynamics of writing a book with someone else, but also some reflections and some great tips around how to really make the most of the book and how it fits into a wider ecosystem of products. Let's get stuck in. So welcome Martin and Lindsay from Jammy Digital. It's great to have you on Beyond the Bio. So today we are talking book magic. So did you write it together, your book? We did during COVID, which was fun. Was that an advantage in some ways in that you had more focused writing time? Yeah, I think it was actually. I think everyone was didn't know what was happening, did they? So actually, it was quite nice to have that time just to write and and chill out. We did it kind of together. So one of us would look after our little two-year-old and the other one would do writings. We always volunteered to do the writing. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Awesome. Tell us a bit about your book then so that we've got a bit of context. The book is about content on the face of it. It's about how to use content to attract better, higher paying clients and boost your profile and, you know, become an expert essentially. But the underlying sort of theme is that a lot of business owners, when they are striving for greatness, they're trying to build their business. Sometimes what happens is we end up taking on clients that might not be the right fit for us in an effort to get more money in the bank, to work with more clients, to actually just keep going. And on that treadmill and, you know, the hustle of Gary Vaynerchuk, we all want to build our businesses. And quite often we end up taking opportunities and taking clients on that cause us a lot of stress and anxiety and end up bringing our business back rather than moving it forward. And we found this within our business uh, when we were out there and we were taking on all the opportunities that we could and we were trying to grow our business. We were getting a lot of inquiries and everything was going well, but we were attracting more of the kind of clients that we really didn't want to work with, people that didn't have our values, didn't respect our time potentially. Maybe they just weren't the right fit for us. It wasn't the right time for them. The book is essentially about how to protect yourself so that you only attract the ideal clients. You can imagine it's called Content Fortress. The fortress is the content. Each piece of content are building blocks so that you can protect yourself and only invite the very, very best clients through the front door. Nice. And how did you find the writing process, sort of particularly as you were co-writing? How did you get into a kind of groove where it feels cohesive or does it feel like it's written by two different people? Tell us about that. Yeah, it was an interesting one, actually, because the the actual idea of the book, we always would describe it as a kind of a happy accident born from unhappy circumstances. We had this idea for the book based on what we did in our own business to prevent bad clients. And it was only when Marty started talking to people about it and, and people were saying, you know, I've experienced the exact same thing with, with stressful clients and I really want to learn more about that because I'm really struggling with it. So we knew from that point that we wanted to do something about it. Actually putting it into a way that it becomes a book is more difficult. So we planned it together and made sure that we had a real structure for the book first off. And that was really kind of key and important Mm -hmm. to us. And then from there, we, we just started writing it. I wrote the majority of it really just to make sure the tone of voice was the same all the way through. So it doesn't sound like it's written by two very different people. Every step of the way, I was reading it to Martin and you kind of had your input, yeah. didn't you? We kind of organized the structure of the book. So it's the Content Fortress is a methodology. It's made up of eight pillars. And we just built the book around these eight 
individual types of content that you should create to protect yourself. So then we broke that naturally up in the book. We then found examples and stories to complement and to, you know, to talk about each of the pillars and why it was important. So it's structured in a way that is easier for two people to write it literally as a guide to protect yourself. When we were planning it, we had to organize that framework, first of all, like the foundations of the fortress, I suppose. And we just kept it very consistent throughout. So everything's an example. Then we got content ideas and then we've got, so the actual process, it was important. And if anybody's listening to this and they want to write a book with another person, spend longer planning the structure of it before you start to write it, because it's going to save you a lot of time later down the line. That's a great tip. And how long did it take you to write it? Pretty much the whole year. It probably would have been faster if not for the whole of 2020-ness. Because we had planned it and had that structure up front, When I come to writing, I say always separate the thinking from the doing. So have your structure as your thinking. That's, you know, make sure that you've got that real good structure in place. You know exactly what you're doing. And then go on to do the doing, which is the writing, where you're essentially filling in the blanks. And when you separate those two tasks in your brain, it makes it so, so much easier and it makes it a lot faster, that process. That's great advice. So you say it took sort of a year to write. Was that writing every day? Did you write in chunks and have gaps for a while? And what did that look like? With it being COVID, it was non-consistent would be the nicest way of saying it because of childcare and things like that. So once we'd outlined it, we there was a lot of talk. And the, the thing that forced us to get the book complete was the fact we took pre-orders for the book well before we started writing the book. So that helped us because we had a boatload of people who wanted the book and we did like pre-order of a course alongside it. So we had that momentum pushing us forward right through to the finish line. But it took us a lot longer as entrepreneurs do. They think it's not going to take as long as it does. And it does. It takes double the amount of time. We knew we needed some sort of carrot at the end to get us there. So it was quite inconsistent. But That's why the structure was so important, because what we could do is we could focus on each of the pillars has an example, a story. We needed to go and find a case study to back up our arguments or a bit of research to back it up. So we tended to bulk that together. We tended to have days where we'd block out days of interviews so that we could interview people and collectively group those times together so that when we were thinking about interviewing people, we'd have one mindset and then it was writing and it would be another mindset. It was a good job we had a structure before. Before we started writing because it might never have been published. That makes total sense. Interesting to hear you say that you launched it alongside a course. So was it that you created a bit of a, a waiting list then to access both of those? Is that how you did it? Yeah, so we took pre-orders for the book. I don't know what it was, between 10 and £20, just to kind of gauge how many people wanted this kind of uh, book. So you sold the book before you even wrote it? We yes, did, yeah. yeah. We paid for the editing and the proofreading and the book cover and everything yes, through selling exactly. it that way, which is always really nice. <laughs> that is so clever. I love buying stuff online and I thought I love buying additional courses, you know, complimentary courses to things. Love it. Lindsay hates the fact that I am that way, but I am. <laughs> There's lots of people that bought the book and then just said, oh, do I want a course that might be three, four, five hundred pounds for a hundred pound if I pre-order it? Yes. So there's always people out there that would be prepared. As long as you've built that authority, you know, we'd been publishing content for three years consistently. So you had an audience. Exactly. And I say it wasn't a huge audience. You know, you're talking between one and 2,000 people on an email list. It's not massive at the time. That audience, sometimes if you've got that value and you're providing that value, obviously we write content for a living. That's what we do. So we're constantly sharing 
insight and examples, case studies and things. So it was a slightly easier transition for us in order to produce a book because this is what we do. And the pre-orders just help fund the book and make sure that we had a an end date in mind to keep us in line. And am I right in thinking that you guys self-published? We did. Yes, yes absolutely. Did. Yeah. How did you come to that conclusion? Was it cost-driven or what were your thoughts on that? To be honest, we've never had any inclination to publish traditionally. I think I do a lot of fiction writing, so I was quite well aware of kind of the pros and cons of each, and there are pros and cons of each. But for particularly for kind of business books, we didn't really see the value in going the traditional route just because the time it takes and the the less control that you have and things like you know being able to do a course alongside it might be more difficult you know publishing traditionally we would just never really kind of occurred to us to kind of publish traditionally because of those kind of cons really and we knew because of our audience and that we could we could sell it kind of on our own didn't kind of need the marketing of a big traditional publisher. And you said that by taking pre-orders that covered some of those costs. So what kind of costs are people looking at when they look to self-publish? Editing and proofreading, that was around about 1,500 in total. For Our book was around about 60,000 words. That's quite long, isn't it? I think quite thick, your book. Yeah, it's quite a, a meaty one. I have a, a problem with explaining things too much and i say explaining things trying to just go the extra mile trying to give examples more case studies more examples whereas you would have been much more in favor with a slightly shorter book with fewer (laughs) examples so did your person that did the editing and the the proofreading stuff did they cut any of it down or did they leave it as it is and I'm quite obsessive with fluff, extra fluffy words Mm. and things like that. So I will take anything out. I usually sound a bit blunt, though, so Martin will add (laughs) some nice things in. (laughs) There actually wasn't that much taken out, probably about 3,000 words, I think, total, that it was reduced by. So not a lot. But yes, that's the kind of uh, proofreading and editing cost. And then there was the the book cover design. We ended up doing it ourselves in the end after failing with a couple of designers. We've actually recently just had it redone and we've got a batch of books printed which a friend of ours Daniel has helped us like fine-tune the subheadings and things so been able to kind of like get a reprint and things like that so it's slightly more expensive now with everything that the cost of materials than it was the first time around a lot more expensive in fact to get it printed but it's always nice having a big box of books isn't it definitely and how did you go about finding a printer was that quite easy are they quite similar cost well the first time we went via a friend they recommended that we went with that particular person but that was more of a person and a, and a connector within a printing company this time we've gone direct to a, a book publishing company but i don't think you'll ever not have issues with a traditional printer i don't know anybody who's ever had their book printed that hasn't had specific problems it's just one of those things that you have to go through decided on the book cover decided on quality of the paper all that stuff can really add up one thing I would say is get a test print. Yes. <laughs> or they, the printer will always say, you know, do you want a test print or do you just want to go ahead and print 500 books? Yes. Always get the test print. It might cost 50, 80 pound or whatever to that one book, but it's 100% worth doing because you get that one book through the post and you're like, wow, this isn't good. <laughs> this needs changing. Well, I was going to ask you, how did it feel to have that first copy in your hands? But if it was uh, low quality paper or whatever, was it a bit, <laughs> a bit, a bit of an anticlimax? it was still really nice yeah Yeah, just a couple of uh finishing bits the best thing is when you get that big box of books that 
is right. And I remember the day Lindsay's there signing them because we said they get a signed copy and we threw stickers and bookmarks and everything in. It was really nice for us to be able to spend some time doing that, taking the pictures for social media. And some things on social, it seems like it's just done for social, but that's definitely something you don't forget, sitting there with a box of books, sending them out to people that have already pre-ordered them and paid for them and funded the actual printing of the books. So it really is quite an interesting experience, that. A special moment. And what did you do around launching the book then? Did you do anything specific for the launch? We did a big launch in terms of when we announced the book. So when we announced the book, we went live on Facebook. We invited our email list. We got a lot of people involved and did a, a very secret kind of, we've got a big thing to launch. And that, that built up a lot of momentum in order to get the pre-orders and obviously the course as well. And when we actually had the books done and finished, it was less of a promo and more of a thank you for supporting us. And so we've done it completely, probably different from a lot of authors out there. But we just felt that we owed this to our community and our audience that we'd built and worked with over the years for us to do it for them, because we knew that this was a market. We knew that nobody had produced a book like this and the content needed to be out there. And the people who supported us, we really just wanted to make their lives better. I think as well, we had in mind that this was always going to be a continuous process of you always have to promote your book. So we've done things like since the book's launched, we've done like a study. So we recently did a study where we interviewed over 500 entrepreneurs about their relationships with their clients and how those relationships impact their mental health. And that's pretty much what the book is about. So we're continually finding ways to promote our book and kind of do the thing that we're really passionate about, which is trying to solve this problem for people. There's so many things to do once the book's actually launched that you can do to continuously promote it as well. It's kind of never, never stops. Indeed. And I know you guys have a link, which we'll definitely put in the show notes for your book, but it's also on Amazon. Is it also on other traditional places where you buy books too? The minute it's on Amazon, you pretty much that's the place to buy it on but it's something that we want to share it's one of those things you know give a thousand copies away if you can every year that's our goal is to get to a point where we're able to just give these out for free this is the first step in that and in terms of those of actual sales of the book and obviously the course alongside it are they mainly coming through the website rather than than amazon i know a lot of people don't like necessarily pushing stuff on amazon because amazon takes so much money from us (laughs) that it's not always a hugely commercial way and i guess if you're doing it through you know selling it through your own link then you're not having you know their control Yeah, you can't really make that much money off the book itself. So even if we did charge for the book ourselves, we wouldn't really be making that much on it anyway. So if anything, if Amazon gave us the opportunity to sell it for free or to give it away and to get it out into more hands, I think that's probably, you know, we come to the realization that's far more valuable for us to actually get our book in more hands. The easiest way for someone to buy it is through Amazon rather than us buy a box of books and then ship them out. And, you know, we have a few other plans for the big box of books that we're just about to order in terms of partnerships and things like that. That sounds exciting. That actually leads me on to another question that I had around what opportunities has the book created? Because you were alluding there to the fact that actually it's not about the sales of the book, it's what that then creates. Have you got any cool stories of, of opportunities it's led to? I think mainly things like podcasts, speaking gigs. It's also led to many clients. So we write content for our clients and many clients come to us saying, I've read your book and I just want you to write the content that you talk about in the book, which is always really nice. And that's probably the main benefit and where we've seen the biggest kind of return on that investment It mm. is in the 
the clients that we get from it, essentially. And that can be the most exciting thing. I think when they've read it and they've gone, right, that sounds great. Can you do that now? <laughs> Which is always really nice. You can clearly see that it does actually work. And it's great for obviously building authority and things like that. Yeah, I think the, the main thing for us was the fact that when we started, because we used to build websites and graphic design and things like that and we wrote the book and then we actually transitioned full-time into content writing so when we launched this service people had already read our book people had already consumed our content for a few years so when we actually launched we were inundated with people who wanted to work with us for content writing because they'd read our book because they'd, they'd seen our presentations and it was a fairly straightforward transition and that's why I absolutely love the ethos that if you can make your book around your products and service and you can make it as obvious as possible it's just a really smooth transition it is you know the way to grow your profile and authority is to produce a book and then offer a service and then offer partnerships and it's just a really really nice kind of transition really so any final advice for anyone that's thinking about writing a book at the moment yeah i definitely think that you should focus on the planning and the methodology you know so many authors out there go into this thinking i've got some good ideas i just want to put it into a book but please outlay a methodology a framework a system get the interviews, have people to support your point of view and just try to give as much value as possible. That would be my advice. Mine would definitely be if you can put things into context, if you can use stories, if you can use really good examples, as Martin said, actually go that extra mile and really think about, you know, your reader and what will make it as easy as possible for them to understand what you're trying to communicate. Because if you think of any successful business book, it's always accessible. So you have to kind of really think about that. It's very, very hard to take everything in your head and simplify it. So that's where you should spend a lot of time working on that and asking a lot of people if what you're doing and your concept actually makes sense. That is such great advice. You've given me a few things to think about myself because I'm thinking about writing my next book. That's awesome, guys. Really appreciate your insight and your time today. That's super cool. Where do you guys hang out if people want to track you down? So we run Jammy Digital. You go to jammydigital.com and you can connect with us on LinkedIn. That's Lindsay Cambridge and Martin Huntbatch. Perfect. And we'll stick links to all of those, plus your book and a few of the resources I think that you mentioned too in the show notes. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. And awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bio. I say it every week, but it would mean so much to me if you would like, subscribe and leave a review. All of those things make a massive difference to the visibility of Beyond the Bio. And I'd be super grateful if you would take the time to do one of those things. That would be awesome. Thank you.